and welcome back to a significantly happier What the Fork Sunderland preview show. Just as Christmas looked like it was going to be a bit of a grim one, Jack Clark and Sunderland popped up with a much-needed three points at Hull City on Boxing Day, and things could improve tenfold if we can double up with another three points at Rotherham United this Friday night. That said, Rotherham may be bottom of the table, but they've had quite a fun Christmas of their own after defeating Middlesbrough 1-0 on Boxing Day. So to let us know exactly what we can expect is the returning guest who's back for about his 100th appearance, Matt from the excellent New York Talk. Matt, how are you doing, mate? You okay? I'm buzzing. I'm, I'm, for once this season, I'm actually very, very happy. So you got me on a good day. <laughs> got you just at Christmas. Fantastic. Did, did you get particularly good presents? Is that what it was? That's it, exactly. Yeah, it came uh, 24 hours late, Father Christmas. Came on Boxing Day this year. Um, but, you know, we, the three points is all I wanted. And he delivered this year. <laughs> to be fair, he was on night shift the night beforehand. And we'll let him off. He can forget one or two presents now and again. Um, exactly. As you may have guessed, two hugely needed wins for both sides on Boxing mm. Day. Uh, for yourselves, a really big 1-0 win over Middlesbrough. Uh, how was the performance? Was it a deserved win? Uh, no, absolutely not, no. Um, we... Uh, we set up, we, we played Leicester uh, on the 23rd or the Saturday before Christmas. And we you set up as you'd expect against Leicester. We sat in, tried to make it difficult, and it, it didn't it didn't pan out. But we did the same against Middlesbrough, which was a little bit confusing to us because Middlesbrough are a good team. They've got some good players. But we're at home, and I, it was more of a containment job. Uh, I was surprised that we sort of did that. And it took us about 35 minutes to sort of get a foothold in the game. And even when we got the foothold, we weren't actually sort of progressive and, and attacking with that. Um, they got waved away and nailed on penalty, which they should have had. Uh, again, when I think it was nil-nil. Um, we defended okay, to be fair. They had all the ball and all the chances, but we they were at arm's length for most of it. There were no sort of six-yard scrambles and things such as that. So from, from that point of view, maybe we did deserve something from the game. Um, but then we've scored from a cross, the cross-come shot, which was definitely a cross. Um and we, we we snuck three points. It was crucial three points. Huddersfield won, so had we lost, had we lost the game, we'd have been twelve points adrift, and you're almost waving goodbye to the championship at that point. Um, so it was crucial, but we defended really, really well, and that that's something to take out. We didn't deserve all three points, but we defended really, really well, uh, which is from where we have been performing previously. That's a real step forward. Um, but when you're at bottom of the league, you take anything, however it comes, you'll just take it, <laughs> take it, take it, take it. And uh, yeah, it's it's built a bit of positivity. That's what we need. We need to go on a go on a run to try and stay up. And hopefully, this can be the start of, of some positive and some smiles on modern fans' faces. Funny you said about that cross. I seen ITV posted it and said, "Ooh, is it a cross or a shot? It's a cross, mate." <laughs> It's like cross. it's the most obvious <laughs> cross there's seen my beauty, but it's a cross. Yeah. Um and the penalty, yeah, I kind of agree with you on that. But um I was gonna say no Middlesbrough fans will be listening, but you never know. Um <laughs> correct me if I'm wrong, you'll you'll get me right on this. But um I did my Google, which is the extent mm. of my research, and first win in eleven, you've mm. kind of alluded to it as it was, but how desperately needed were those points, even if you didn't deserve them? Oh, massively. It was just we, I know we lost to Leicester on on twenty third. You expect to lose to Leicester, but you just sort of think, oh, we just need something. Obviously, the the form cost Matt Taylor his job in around November time. Um, Lee Richards was coming, and we lost three two to Plymouth two weeks ago, I think now. But we were good. We we put a lot of pressure on Plymouth. It's a tough tough place to go. Is is Plymouth this season? And we were we were down to ten men, and with ten men, we were lucky not to get at least a point out of the game. So Liam Richardson, we have seen sort of shoots from him. Um, that there is something more more progressive to come from him, 
Um, but we just needed something to grab onto. The points gap didn't go down because Huddersfield win, but we just needed something positive to hold on to. We, we all know the task is going to be very, very difficult. But if you can get a win and go and beat them for four games, even a small four-game run for, if you're bottom of the league and pick up seven or eight points in that time or whatever it might be, you're thinking, well, everybody, everybody else above the relegation stump will start worrying and start panicking, seeing Sheffield Wednesday pick up a few wins. We've, if we can pick up a few wins, everybody starts to panic then. Um, and it's just about having a fight. But pretty much Taylor being sacked, it was, we were going down with, with an absolute whimper. It was just terrible to watch. Uh, but now there's a bit of fight about us, and that's all. I, that's all I can ask for. You know, if, we, if we're not good enough, we're not good enough, and we'll go down. That's you know, I can accept that. But let's let's give it a go, and that's what we're starting to see. And uh, that that win sort of plays into that, and hopefully we can uh, carry that on. It's interesting the appointment of Liam Richardson because he's been at the game for a while. You see him on Sky Sports mm. now and again, um, but I actually think he did a really good job at Wigan, and I think you only need to see where Wigan are now. And I know things are a little, well, actually, are they a little bit worse? I can't really comment mm. on that. They kind of seem as bad as they always were, but they were pretty bad then. They nearly didn't have a football club. Um, mm. And you got them promoted, and, and sort of they did all right-ish in the championship. I think people expected them to go down because of things that were happening. Then he gets mm. sacked, and then he, he didn't really pick up a job. So I thought, you know, when you brought him in, I thought that was a really good appointment because, as you said before, if you go down by not being good enough, fair enough. Mm. You can't look at what he's done previously and see he's got no fight in him whatsoever. So it seemed like a, a really good appointment. But he's only been in charge of, I think, four games. He's won one. He's lost three, one of them being Leicester. So, look, in this day and age, just to count it off. Um, you said there's been shoots there, and I know you can't really... Signi- um, signify if he's going to improve things in four games but what have the first thoughts been on Richardson um, from the fan base? Positive, I mean, we sacked Matt Taylor and the, we, we, the, the frustrating thing for the fan base was that you could have appointed Liam Richardson probably the day after because he was available he's probably, you know, he, he is within our price range but it took four weeks to get to get him in um, we went chasing Nathan Jones, Gary Rabbit, all these guys. Which, if we're being realistic, they're all out of our price, all out of Brother United's range at the time. At the time, so I actually think he's a better appointment than those two you just mentioned I, as well. I think he's a better fit for us. For, mm-hmm. for us as a club, I, th- I think he is a better fit. He's he's very much in the Paul Warren role and mould. He's a, he's, an, he's a nice guy. He'll make you solid. I think he's better tactical than Warney, but obviously that'll play out in the next next however long. Um, but you, you look at the job he did at Wigan, you know, even before the promotion, that season before the promotion, he stabilized a club that was in free fall. And that's what if you don't, if you're a Wigan fan, I suspect you can see how good a job it was outside of Wigan. Maybe people don't, but I thought that was a sensational job. And they were better than us in League One, they deserved the title, they were, they were just marginally better than us, but they were under Liam Richardson. Um, and I don't think you can judge his championship time under Wigan because that was just a farce. Um, but even on, even in farcical situation, he still actually did a decent job. I think they were only third bottom when they left, um, having signed no basically nobody. So if you look at that, you sort of think it's not sexy. It's not you don't go, oh my, oh, look at this. But if you step back and go, right, he's, he does this very well. He sets up teams to be difficult to beat. You need that if you've got lowest budget in league or second lowest budget. You need to be difficult to beat, and I think that's what he's he's tried to bring in um, so far against Leicester. It was one moment of madness. And once you go 1-0 to Leicester, it's probably going to be 2-0. It's probably going to be 3-0. So we can accept that. Against Middlesbrough, they had a good few shots from distance, but they never really broke us. They never really shot through the middle too much. Um, and against Plymouth, we were down to 10 men for half of the game, for more than half, uh, for more than nearly half of the game. So, And again, Plymouth at home. The, the games he's had are difficult to judge him on because the teams you're playing against and where you're playing them. 
but there have definitely been shoots of uh, of positive, uh, certainly solid solidity. I think we've kept three clean sheets this season, and one of them was one of them was yesterday on Boxing Day. So that that tells you that there is something there. Um, the away games, obviously, we're not proving an away game, but that has been an Achilles heel of us. But in the away games we've played, and we've tried to put teams under pressure, which was nice. Um, four games in, first game was a free hit because he was signed. He signed less than twenty four hours before it kicked off, so that was a bit of a free hit. We lost two 0 on that one, but the three games so far, there's uh, the signs there. If we if we go down, I think it's a great point as well. I think it works two ways. If we're in League One, I think there's not many better guys you want in than Liam Richardson is there in League One. So I think it's a double um, a double bonus. I think hopefully it should be. Yeah, I, I think I agree with you on that. I think it's a good appointment all around. Um, you Nathan Jones and that. If you go down and whatnot, he's gone. Um, yeah, hundred percent. Can anyone really be asked with Nathan Jones? Um, <laughs> let's be honest. No offense, Nathan. In case you ever join Sunderland, which you never know the way things happen at Sunderland. Maybe one day, hopefully not. Um, <laughs> you mentioned there, Matt Taylor was sacked on November thirteenth, and it took until December the eleventh to appoint Richardson. <laughs> yeah, it's a month. It doesn't seem like much, but in Championship terms, that's about. 15 20 games um <laughs> and a long time how much did that period of uncertainty affect Rotherham? because i think you know we had two and a bit weeks and it didn't affect us too much but we've had three weeks before in league one and it really mm. did so a mm. whole month can be in your position can be difficult oh it was massive we, we, we sacked him on the saturday before an international break and you're sort of thinking that makes sense that because you can have a week interview certain people and then you can have the second week to, to prep uh, for the next game kind of thing. We were four points adrift at the time. Um, nobody came in with the whispers that X, Y and Z guy were going to come in. And then, like I said, four weeks later, it, it became pretty toxic, the fan base. It became, we were just sort of, the communication from the club was an absolute joke as well. I don't know if anybody seen the Tony Stewart interview prior before the Leeds game. Um, it was just an absolute car crash of an interview. He's done great things in his football club, but that was an absolute car crash of it that he should never have done in a million years and then it went dead the, the, the club just went radio silent and that was three more weeks for an appointment so there was a lot of anger in the fan base that just tell us something if you if you tell us it's going to take another couple of weeks that's fine just just talk to us and then we can understand um but then a couple of weeks later we've gone from four points adrift to eight points adrift and that's massive for a team that doesn't win many games that's a, that's a massive point you've got to so Liam Bridges is already on the back foot because of because the club have waited four weeks to appoint somebody you could have appointed within a few days. Um, I think it's in a way it sort of worked out because we've now in a way of restructuring the club. So before it was the chairman, the you've got a head of recruitment and a manager. Liam Bridge is now a head coach. So we're going down the head coach route of maybe I'm a director of football, which the club's desperately needed for a long, long time. So I think in a way it's maybe helped long-term future because there's now maybe a bit more. Uh, forward thinking uh, from the football side of things, which we lacked in, in the last however long for what well, forever. Um, but those four weeks were an absolute nightmare. Just to there was a new rumor every single day. This guy's is signed. It's done. We're going to announce Monday morning. And then Monday morning comes and we haven't got anybody twice or two or three times. That's happened. Um, so it was a nightmare that four weeks, and it's hurt us. It could kill our season. You don't know if we if we go down by five points, that's probably killed our season that time. That time in those games. Um, but yeah, it, I think in the long term, it's probably helped us. But short term, it probably could do, do our season over, to be honest with you. Yes, yeah, an abnormal amount of time at this level of football, to be mm. honest. But um, yeah. normally when it gets to that point, you see the assistant manager gets the job and then yeah. someone else comes at the end of the season because you haven't gotten your first target. As it is, to be honest, like I say, I think I think Liam Richardson's a really nice bloke. So it seems, never met him, but seems mm. like a good bloke. And I think he's a, he's a good appointment that may have been a bit hamstrung, but... 
when you look at the league table, you see Rotherham are nine points adrift. I'm not going to lie to you. Like from a Sunderland perspective, you think, well, that's done probably. But you can pick up nine points in a week in the championship. You can lose nine points in a week. But when you really dig into it a little bit more from the the, the basics of me looking at Google and Wikipedia, which is, of course, the extent <laughs> of my knowledge, um, the problem is how much you're struggling on the road. And yet you mentioned that before you've lost only four of your 12 home games. That's actually not bad. You've won three, you drew five. But away from home, you've picked up two points from a possible 36. Um, I'm going to change the question a little bit because there's no point in me saying why you're struggling away from home. You are, and we're playing you away from home. It doesn't matter how you're doing away from home for us. <laughs> um, but how much of a different proposition are Rotherham at home, and why is that? I don't know. The answer is I don't know. Matt Taylor had a few theories. One of them was our pitch is smaller at home. I don't know how much smaller, I don't know how much of a difference that makes, but it clearly it must have had impact. I it's been it was 14 months since the last away win, which was Sheffield United last season in the local, obviously in the local derby. Um, it's just I, I can't work it out. My my working theory is that Matt Taylor played too much into the little old Rotherham kind of thing. We're you know, we're lowest budget in league, so if we go away from home, we're more hoping that something's gonna happen. You know, we'll sit in. Hope that something happens and we'll nick a late goal or something like that. Well, that's 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 okay against Leicester because Leicester are brilliant. That's okay against Leeds and people like that because they're, they're really really good teams. But Cardiff, for example, Cardiff are a, a decent enough team. But if you go at Cardiff and upset them a little bit, you're probably able to hurt them. And we just didn't do that at all. And that's that was saying that's what I was saying the difference in Liam Richardson against the Plymouth game. Plymouth's a, a tough team, but he went for him. He went for the juggling and tried to make something happen. Um, and it was exciting and we lost, but it was exciting. It was something to sort of hang your hat on and say, right, okay, this is a step forward, this. Um, that's that's the only thing I can I can put it down to because we're not that bad a team. We're, we've got some good players. We're, you know, New York Stadium, we've, we've, we've bloodied the nose of Leicester. We beat Norwich when they were good. We beat Coventry. Uh, obviously, obviously won, won yesterday against Middlesbrough. These are decent teams. These are really good teams in this league. So if you ever got them, um, I think you can be positive. I think the home crowd helps. I think the way the stadium is built, the fans are right on top of you. So if you do get the place going, it's a horrible place for the opposition to come to. I think that definitely helps. And I think that's, if I just criticise Matt Till if they were form, that's what was really good at the home form. It was really, really good at getting, getting the players going at home, which then got the fans on top of the players a little bit. Um, but that away form is just um, an absolute mystery. It's, it's something like, I mean, this goes back a long time, about nine wins in about 105 away games in the Championship. And you just start thinking, well, there's something wrong at this football club in the away form. Matt, Paul Warren's not fixed it. Matt Taylor's not fixed it. Maybe Liam Richardson can. Um, but that that sends you down. If you're not going to win any away games, you you go in League One very, very quickly. Um, yeah, it's weird. And it needs to change. Otherwise, we'll be saying goodbye very, very quickly <laughs> because yeah. it's just an absolute madness. Yeah, you do need to pick up something on the road and you're not picking up much at all. Um but at New York Stadium, which is, of course, where we're bloody well playing is, mm. and get dicked every time we play you, um, for want of a better phrase, um, you've beaten Borough, good team, Coventry, good team. We've lost 4-0 against Middlesbrough at home and 3-0 against Coventry at home. Uh, you drew with Leeds, who mm. randomly beat 1-0, and Ipswich, who we also lost against 2-1. So there's three teams there that have came to the stadium like and won. Um, mm. You've gotten points against, but you've lost against Swansea, Bristol City and West Brom. Um, not the worst sides, but nowhere near the quality of the teams I mentioned, I think, at the start in terms of like Ipswich, Leeds and Coventry recently. Mm. 
why is it that Rotherham are picking up results against like sides like Leeds, Ipswich, Borough, but like maybe not against like your Swansea's, your Bristol City's, your West Brom's, your teams that are like mid table to to lower end? I, th- I think it's that little old Rotherham thing that I mentioned. I think it's easy for the manager to say, "Guys, we're playing Coventry lost playoffs last year. These guys are, are great players." It's it's quite an easy motivational tactic, I think, and I think that's where Matt Taylor struggled was, was the motivational side. You know, if you're playing. Bristol City, for example, under Nigel Pearson, who are going to grind the game out. It's going to be really ugly and this, that and the other. I just think that Matt Taylor really found, he just didn't seem to be able to find a way to get the players up for those games. Um, when that should be the games, you need, those are the games you want to be seeing. West Brom at home, they're a good team. But West Brom at home, you think about put pressure on these guys because they're away from home. We saw, we saw it last season. Uh, we would beat them 3-1. So they're, they're beatable. They're all beatable. Everybody in this league is beatable, as, as they've all shown. Um, but I, I think uh, that little old Rotherham team, like Rotherham kind of thing, I just think Matt Taylor played too much into it and it, it helped the away home form against the, uh, not even the bigger teams. If they, if they brought a full, you know, if, if they away, if they found if the grounds packed, I think that helped Matt Taylor's team talk probably. Um, whereas Bristol City bring 500 on a Tuesday night, there's no atmosphere, not the atmosphere doesn't create itself. And I think that then that sort of struggles a little bit. Um, that's the only thing I can put it down to. Last season was exactly the same. You know, we, we were unbeaten against Sheffield United. We almost took points away from Burnley, but then we lost. Cardiff did the double over us, I think, and teams like that. So it just doesn't really make any sense being a Rotherham United fan, to be honest with you. Um, but I, I think that little old Rotherham tag, Matt Taylor struggled with, and hope, I'm hoping the Russian can find a way around that because the players, the players clearly bought into it as well. And then when the players are buying into it, that's a really, really difficult hole to get out of. Um, so hopefully we can find finally finally get rid of that tag. Although although we probably never will, to be honest. Yeah. That's me hoping. <laughs> the more like Leicesters and Leeds and that that come down into it. He's probably knackered with that tag now, aren't you? To be fair, <laughs> exactly. but um, but you know the the big thing is, and I've said before, like the championship, you can win three games in a week, and a team can lose yeah. three games in a week, and it can affect not just the bottom, the top half, and and all sorts. I mean, we won yesterday. And I'm thinking, oh, thank God we've won. I didn't even look at the table and someone went, oh, we're sixth again. Went, oh, all right, I will. And that's just one win and, and it's yeah. sort of overnight. So I suppose knowing you can get results against anyone at home, mm. pretty much the case, you get them against Ipswich. I watched the game. You were well worthy of it. Watched mm. it against Leeds as well, randomly. Well worthy of that as well. Could have been a win for you. How much confidence does that give you now, considering you've got a new manager in charge, that you can still get out of the mess, despite the fact that you're, you're nine points adrift? Absolutely. Look, look at the win yesterday. The, the festive period is often very, very important. We've managed to pick up a win at home. We've got another home game on Friday against you guys. We're sort of thinking, right, if we can get something out of that game. And then we only go to Blackburn. I know only Blackburn, but on New Year's Day, it's Blackburn Rovers. And we we should have, have done, a refereeing decision gone our way in August, but they beat them at home. So these we're playing teams that are either going through transition periods, like someone with a new manager, or Blackburn, who are just majorly inconsistent. We could, I don't want to say we're going to, we could pick out nine points, including the Middlesbrough game. And then then, then, then everybody's on notice that Rotherham United are picking up points. Then you get the break for the FA Cup, which will probably work out quite nice with the transfer window. Two weeks without a league game might actually help us to get a few bodies in the door uh, just so we can fill the, fill the bench. Um, but like I so said, this, 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 this is why this is why the away form was frustrating because we could be anybody in this league. I, I've no doubt this, these, these players are good enough and everybody else obviously says the same. But you, we should this, again. This doesn't make any sense. But we shouldn't be nine points adrift at the bottom of the league. These players are better than that, and that's what's frustrating. That's that's what does give you hope. You know, some Rotherham fans will say, "Oh, we're dead and buried." This, that, and the other. Well, we're not. If we win back-to-back games, 
and then lose a couple, but then go back to back again. Huddersfield are not going to go on a good run. I don't particularly rate that Huddersfield, for example. Um, it's not it's not dead and buried this season, but this festive period is massive. If we then lose to Sunderland, lose to Blackburn, and then everyone else picks up points, then you sort of 10, 12 points drift, and then, then the narrative's a bit more different. But if we can just chip away at that total, even if we're seven points adrift at end of festive period, six points adrift, we're, we're gradually bringing it down. And it just it just keeps that positivity amongst the fan base going. And that's what Liam Richard needs to try and harness, try and build a bit of positivity, try and get the fans behind it. Because at the minute, the fans, before the Middlesbrough game, the fans were on the floor. They were just absolutely nowhere. Because of the managerial situation, as it was, and things like that, fans were just nowhere. Um, and, I, and we all accept we were lucky against Borough. But we don't care. So it just builds that little bit of positive. You build that sort of thing. Oh, right, the world might be actually, you know, we feel like the world's against us sometimes. It might be with us this time. We might we might be trying to get something. I might be able to move something forward. Uh, I don't think we're dead and buried, but I just I do think these next two games are are crucial to to at least not let that gap get any bigger. If it gets any bigger, I, I would then start to worry. Yeah, twelve points is a big one. Um, I didn't really dig into one really. I, I sort of spoke more about um. Liam Richardson for, for obvious reasons, but Taylor was highly rated. He did a good job last year. Mm. Um, we discussed it at the start of the season, right at the start, I think the second, third week we played. And, you know, there was hope that if you could finish 19th, 18th, 19th, 20th, stay mm. out the relegation zone, you know, he continues his good reputation, and then you might even get moved further up the, further up the chain or something like that. Um, it didn't work like that. Mm. There's probably more reasons than just he wasn't very good down to it. But it seems like most Rotherham fans looking at your forums and stuff like that did agree with it. Um, but how did it come to pass that like Rotherham and you know Taylor decided it was end of the road for him and, and the club? It was a it was a few the waveform was a big part of it. Um we started the season okay. We we, we lost to Stoke 4-1 or whatever it thought, 4-1, whatever it was, and was poor. But then we had a good run of games. We we should have beat Blackburn. We came to Steve Light and went one 0 up, and everything was looking pretty. But then we had a couple of injuries and these, you know, a couple of mistakes. These happened. We we then almost beat Leicester, or almost picked up a point. Almost we did beat Norwich, and then there was a massive positivity. We we're sort of thinking, right, we've played that start was horrific, but we picked up some good points. But then you go away to Huddersfield and lose two 0 You go away to Millwall and lose three 0 without even laying a glove on them, and it just went down and down. The the, the real turning point went to Sheffield Wednesday. I think it was Danny Roll's first home game, and it's our it's our big derby. Sheffield Wednesday is the, is the is our derby. Maybe they've got, they've got Sheffield United, obviously, but it's our big derby, and it was just one of the most spineless performances I've ever seen from Northern United. And it was just that it just turned. I just sort of you just sort of thinking, well, if you're not going to turn up for this game, when are you ever going to turn up for an away game? It was just awful. Um, and then to be fair to Tony Stewart, he gave him a couple of games. You know, we, we picked up the Ipswich point, uh, which I think saved him his job. And then we went, to, and then well, we, we picked up a point against Ipswich. who were second. This is this is really good. We we can go to Watford before the international break, and bloody hell, we can we can get somebody here. And we lost five nil. Um, and you saw that was the it was just last straw. I, I felt like he'd had a lot of other chairmen would have sacked him after Sheffield Wednesday game, or which was about two weeks earlier. He was given time to try and turn it around a little bit, and it just it just weren't working. Um, I think his downfall is that he signed a lot of aging players. Sean Morrison's a good player, but he's injured all the time. Tyler Blackett's a great defender when he's fit, but he's out till probably March or April. Um, Lee Peltier is good, but he's injured. Grant Hall's another one. He's played about 80 minutes this season. He's out for another period of time. He's, he's took a gamble. He took a gamble on a lot of these and hoping they wouldn't all get injured at the same time. And 
imagine everybody's surprised and all these injury prone players get injured. Um, so that that was his that was that was that's what's done him. I'm sure he'll be a success somewhere. I'm I'm certain that he's he's definitely got something about him. He's got that personality that I think the players, if you listen to the players' interview, the players were always positive about Matt Taylor. They always spoke really highly of him. Uh, maybe expect it, but it, it, it's, they seem to emphasise it. Um, but he just made a mistake in his recruitment. His recruitment's done. He's done probably done him, and he, and he way step away for him. Uh, but the timing was right. I, I couldn't argue with the with the sacking at the time. It was the four week wait that frustrated everybody. <laughs> Talked about um, injuries and stuff before. One player that I think is due back. I think he's going to miss the um, Sunderland game. But we spoke about him on the preview podcast beforehand. Mm-hmm. How he when he was at City. You're a big fan of him, or at least were when we last mm. spoke. Cameron Humphreys, he's mm. not too far away. You'll know better than me, but um, how big of a boost would he be if he comes back? Oh, it'd be just yeah. He, he was he's what we need. He's just got a calm, cool head. He's got extra yard of pace. Um, he does have hamstring problems, and that's what sort of I think that's done to his probably his city career. Um, he's 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 a, he's a little while away. I think four to six weeks ish. We're, we're now measuring in weeks rather than months, which is a which is a good step forward. Uh, it, it, he did it against Preston. It was one of the most severe hamstring tears you can get, apparently. Uh, Matt Taylor said at the time. So you've got to obviously treat him with kid gloves. So I think probably towards the end of January. Uh, but it'll, it'll be massive to get him back. He's he's he's, a, he's an absolute rock. He just has that composure. Like we've got Sean Morrison. I, I do like Sean Morrison, but he's old school. You see it, head it, kick it kind of defender, and that's good. That'll work. That will work for you. But you need somebody alongside him who's got that who can just read what Mister when he makes a mistake. Cameron Humphries can just mop it up, and that's the kind of guy that Cameron Humphries is. Um, he's one of the worries. Him and Victor Anson. If we go down to League One, we're not keeping those guys, and that's the, that's the concern because at the start of the season we're all really positive and thinking right if we can build on Cameron Humphries and, and another player like that, we can either sell him for a bucket load of money or or whatever else or, or, or progress him. I worry that we may be seeing the end of these guys' Rodham's careers because these are these are guys you could build around for three or four years at Rodham United and make us into a really boring twelfth place Championship team. That's like that, that that that's that's how good that's how good I think they are. Um, but these guys ain't sticking around in League One, sadly. <laughs> normally, uh, I sort of pick out and, and let you. Sorry, normally I let you choose the players to to sort of pick out that you, we should be watching. But before mm. I ask you for your opinion on ours, which is always my favorite part of the show because I'm self invested about my own football club. Um, one player that's always actually really impressed me, even when, when he was at previous clubs, and he was really good against us last year. He absolutely done us in the two one game um, when we lost midweek. Ollie Rathbone. Mm really really always seems to turn it on against us what kind of form is he in and is he as good as he was when i seen him or is he really quite average and he just had a good game that night he is brilliant ollie he is he is such a good player with a ball of energy uh he'll just run and run and run uh defenders don't like him because we, we we use him very high in the press when we do press he has really really struggled since matt Taylor left to be honest with you uh, i don't know if they're there i assume they had a really good relationship um, but he's just, I don't know whether Liam Richards has used him differently or, or, or what the case may be. He's just lost that energy. He's lost that impetus. There is contractual talks going on, which might be an issue. He's, he's out of contract this summer, but we have got an extension. So I, I wonder if that's play, playing into a little bit. And, and the concern for us is that if when Rotherham tick, it's because Ollie Rathbone's ticking. That, that's how it normally goes under him. So when he's been struggling, I think that's probably helped fed into us struggling a little bit. We saw signs of it yesterday against Middlesbrough that there was it was at, at times it was back a little bit. 
Um, but he's playing every every minute of every game. We can't rotate because of the injuries we've got. So maybe maybe it's a bit of burnout, maybe. Um, but if 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 we're to play well, we need Oliver Rathbone to turn it up, turn up, turn up. Because he just runs that midfield. It's just if you've got a midfielder, they haven't got any time up ball because Oliver Rathbone will be on him in half a second. And that's 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 where it helps us. Um, but he's he has definitely dropped off in form at the minute, sadly. But He's one of those players that can turn it back on. He, 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 has, he has done this before, like in League One, where you're saying, oh, oh, he's dropping a bit, but then suddenly he'll score a stunner and everything's nice and rosy again. Uh, but we need him back to his best if we're going to have a chance to stay up, definitely. Yeah, I definitely felt like last year when he played against us, like a lot of the him pressing us high when we're trying to play yeah. a nice passing Tony Mowbray football was yeah. a bit of a pain in the arse, actually, because we won a... Really good run of form. And look, we, we haven't had a good recent record at Rotherham. I know it's been, mm. I think our last one was 2004, but I think that was only our third last game against Rotherham. So mm. if you look back the last couple of years, we spoke in the aftermath of the 5-1. I know it's different teams, but like we remember that day, it wasn't the best day for mm. us. We lost 2-1 last year and I don't think we'd lost from like the October. And I think it was March by the time we played. Mm. We hadn't lost from October away from home and then we went to Rotherham and lost. So our away record is not that great at Rotherham in sort of recent memory, but look, there's there's half the season gone now. Um, we kind of got something off our back uh, by getting that win yesterday because our away form hasn't been as good this year. I feel like I know who you're going to say, but I like asking the question anyway. Which players from our side worry the most heading into Friday's game? It's always Jack Clark, isn't it? It's always yeah. Jack Clark. Yeah. <laughs> I fucking love him. Like, I, mean, oh. I agree. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, that goal he scored, he scored the goal against Hull, didn't he? It was just oh, he did. He wonderful did. goal. Um, I, I'm, I'll be honest with you, I'm surprised he's staying in the championship. I thought mm-hmm. somebody would have gone. I know there was the Burnley links in the in the summer window. Um, but whenever you've got Jack Clark in your team, you're always going to be in and around the playoffs. You're just always going to be around there because you can just create magic. Um, looking from the outside in, it's a, it's a worry that he's your top scorer because he's you need somebody else alongside him. You need a strike. And you, obviously, Ross Stewart's not there anymore, which is obviously probably hurting it. So, uh, point. so point for this yeah. particular podcast. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, Jack Clark's just a he's a Premier League footballer, isn't he? That's that's what he is. Um, and you never know. You're in the playoffs at the minute. You know, if you, if you can have a good January and get a striker into to sort of supplement what he does. There's always, there's always that chance of championship, isn't there? Weird. I could have just been asking a Sunderland fan the question of what you want to happen in January there because you just repeated <laughs> back exactly what most of us think, to be honest. But um, Friday night, Rotherham sold out away end. You're on the back of a good win. We're on the back of a good win. I think it'll be a really good game. Um, Got to be honest, I think we need to go to Rotherham and, and win the game if we have any aspirations for staying in that playoffs and building a good run. I think an inability to get a result against, on paper, the team that's bottom of the league, that have only won three games this season, wouldn't be a good start for Michael Beale because that's one win in three against in, in three winnable games. But I think we will. I do quite fancy us. I think when positivity is a snowball for us, negativity is also a snowball for us. But at the minute, you know, the sun is shining out of the players' backsides because we won on Boxing Day. So mm-hmm. I'm going to take something to eventually win at Rotherham. We don't really keep that many clean sheets, although we have recently kept a couple. So I'm going to go with a 2-0 Sunderland. Jack Clark to score because, oh, well, he scored nine of our 13 away goals this season. So <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> well, <banker>. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. But um, I'll let you have a prediction as well because I never get mine right. So if you're a betting man, don't listen to me. <laughs> um, 
I'm going to same sort of reasons. I'm going to give the, that we've won a game. Um, I think we've got to play better than we did against Borough. Play play better than against Borough. There's a good chance we'll lose. We because we lost against most teams. Just a bit of luck went our way. Um, but I think it's a bit of a what four four day gap, three day gap, which helps bring a couple. We've got a couple of players coming back from injury. Cafu, Klukas, Sam Klukas coming back, which should help midfield, which I think we lacked in. So I'm going to go another one nil um, towards just. I feel like every time I predict a win, it's more hope than expectation, to be honest with you at the minute. Um, but I'm just hoping if we get back-to-back wins, the whole place will probably just be absolutely buzzing. And then we then we might still be a nine points adrift, but we'll have that something to build upon uh, and move forward. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm really hopeful that we can get this moving, hopefully. For anyone who heard the word Cafu there, yes, you did hear that correctly, but it's yes. not the Brazilian right-back. He hasn't come out of retirement. I don't think Rotherham was scraping that low down the barrel just yet. Um, not yet, but Matt, your podcast is great. I do really like listening, sort of win, lose, or draw, to be honest, to other podcasts, especially ones who've been on the show in the aftermath of our game. I know that's what most Sunderland fans would do rather than listen to weekly Rotherham stuff. But if they do want to sort of add to your listener base when the, you have your Sunderland review, where can they find your stuff? Uh, yes, yeah, so we're on uh, New York Talk, um, we're on iTunes and Spotify where we do the full review. Uh, if you're on YouTube, there'll be an instant reaction up Friday night where we stand out to the stadium, have 10 minutes chatting about it. Uh, we're more emotional that one. So if you if you if we lose if you win three 0 and you want to see a few blokes crying, that'll be the one you want to watch probably because you'll be whinging about a ref and things like that. Uh, but then we'll do the, the review Saturday night, full full review Saturday night where we'll uh, be a bit more reasoned probably. That's just like my podcast. That uh, <laughs> Matt, I've got to catch up. I'm obviously going to be on your podcast as well yeah. from the the opposition perspective. So if everyone wants to see how much I really don't know about football in Sunderland AFC. Jump onto that one as well. But Matt, always a pleasure to have you on, mate. Thanks for coming on. A pleasure, mate. Anytime. Love stuff.